0: Hey, welcome to Casual Yelling, a conversational podcast with 85% less yelling. I'm Matt Elfring. This week we've got comedian Xavier Lamont on, and this is the last episode that was branded I Just Want to Talk to Friends. So what that means is I had tons of banked episodes, so please enjoy a conversation with a comedian friend that I haven't talked to in a long time because I stopped doing comedy. I just want to talk to friends a show about grief and existential dread and trauma and talking to friends (laughs) there it is that's my favorite thing to do is uh explain to the person I'm interviewing what this show's kind of about and then their reaction uh I'm Matt Elfring as always with me is a a person I don't think I've talked to in a couple years we used to do comedy together Xavier Lamont how you doing sir
1: hey how's it going Matt man
0: it's it's going you know before we before we recorded we talked a little and, uh, yeah. you know, you got to make ends meet. You got to do what you can.
1: It's a, it's, it's a scramble, man. I'm actually right now. I'm kind of working on material, kind of talking about that. I, I, I think I'm in my Michael Moore phase. I, Cause I want to yep. talk about like the people, like people, people are doing well and hurting at the same time. Yeah, And it's a very weird thing.
0: Yep. I mean, like I've got a great wife, a great kid. And job market kind of sucks, so you know you do what you can. Just take up freelancing jobs, you know.
1: The thing I don't get is I. This is what this this is kind of my energy on the whole thing is. It feels like the people who have the levers of control and power who decide job market type shit. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like they're actively in a game of almost like Jenga of hey. I wonder if we could topple the economy if we did this. (laughs) Yeah, You know, because at the end of the day, uh, I'm really happy that a lot of these guys got their stock prices up higher, but at the end of the day, somebody has to produce a thing and another person has to pay for a thing. Mm -hmm. And if there's nobody to pay for a thing or nobody to actually make a thing, we got problems. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where we're hitting now where they're like cutting out all the people who make the things, and taking away their ability to purchase the things that are made. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck the economy works without it. <laughs> robots?
0: <laughs> we're not, we're not there yet. I mean, I've, I've lost a few friends to uh, AI writing, which they very quickly realize like, oh, this isn't a thing that's plausible yet. We're nowhere near that.
1: <laughs> but even at the end of the day, even if robots did everything, or, okay. Robots do everything. Somebody has to buy the shit and yeah. if nobody has jobs, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> exactly uh, usually i like to start off uh how we met i mean we're we're both stand-up com- well you're a stand-up comic i'm far retired from that world
1: oh <laughs> uh, once a comic always a comic man yeah, i and guess you, i guess you can I'm... get on stage anytime you know it, and you know it. i mean I, i've written a lot and of take, like a couple warm-up sets and then you're back in it
0: yeah sadly that's true uh do you remember the first time we met
1: Dude, I remember vividly the first time we met. No shit. Because the first time we met was the first time I ever did stand-up.
0: Oh, that's right!
1: Yeah, and you were the only person who was nice to me <laughs> after my set, because you you were literally the person who told me... Uh, backstory for people listening, uh, the first time I did stand-up was a little bar in St. Charles, Illinois, called... Uh,
0: Pub 222.
1: Two, two. Yes, yes. Pub 222. Two, two. And... Uh, I, my background, I did public speaking. I was used to talking in front of crowds and I thought I was, I was told I was pretty funny. So I was going to give it a try. So uh, before I did the mic, uh, my first mic, everybody was hanging out in this little courtyard in the back um, talking and I was, you know, comics are real warm and welcoming to first-time comics, but we also enjoy watching first-time comics bomb and eat yep. shit. <laughs> and so everybody was setting me up with, like, the, oh, yeah, congrats, welcome to the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they were all very, very excited to go watch me eat shit. And I didn't eat shit. No. Uh, no. I had a pretty good set for a guy who was his first time doing comedy. And we all went right back outside and sat at the same little tables and shit, smoke cigarettes or whatever. And nobody was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> nobody would talk to me. nobody like I just got to having a really cool, chill time with these dudes, like. Five minutes before I was up, and then I came back, and everyone was kind of like, "Give me one word answers and not looking at me." And then you finally like turned to me and went, "Nobody believes that was your first fucking set." Or well, I, I don't know how exactly how you phrased <laughs> it, but
0: I said something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "No, nah, man."
0: It's jealousy, and- man. Because when you're when you're in it, when you're in comedy, and you see somebody go up for the first time and they do well. It's like, no, no, like, screw you for being funny the first time. Like, you get angry because you work so hard at that craft, and you still bomb sometimes.
1: Do you know who was responsible for that, though? I, I don't even get to take credit for being funny the first time. Mm-hmm. Tom fucking Franklin
0: was, <laughs> oh, was, was,
1: was the reason why I was funny the first time, because I was terrified, like anybody, the first yeah. time. I was I was terrified uh, about what I was going to do. And right before I went up, uh, Sean it's Mort- Patrick. Huh,
0: or no, oh, no, it's no. either Mike Moore
1: No, no, the Sean it was a, a black comic. He doesn't even do, comic. I think he did. Oh, comic yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're on. talking about. He was like running the mic with Tom at the time. And uh, he had I went to high school with him. He told me to come up to that mic. Um, so Tom comes up to me. I look like I'm nervous. I look clearly physically, I'm like shaking, I think. Yeah, and and Tom just goes, Hey, man, Sean told me you were funny. Are you fucking funny or not?
0: <laughs> and I was like,
1: yeah, I'm funny. He goes, well, why the fuck are you nervous? You don't even know these people. Just go be funny. And he walked away like it was the most nonchalant thing ever. And I still to this day say that is the best advice I ever got in comedy because right after he said that, I was immediately not nervous. I was like, that dude's right, man. Yeah, I don't even know these people. Why do I give yeah. a fuck? And I was completely relaxed. And that was why I was successful that day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the I bombed later. <laughs> I mean, everybody bombs. Yeah. But like it's the thing I've told like new comics like I have people still message me like I know you did comedy for a while I'm gonna get into it like what do I do if I'm nervous I'm like you own the crowd you own them there you got nothing to prove to them just go up and tell jokes you know yeah nothing to know the crowd
1: yeah yeah and it's yeah it's and I mean in comics we do support, we, we do support each other, but we also enjoy seeing each other bomb, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. We want to see each other kill and we want to see each other bomb. We want to see each other kill. And it also makes us try to do, do better ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we also like seeing each other bomb so we could give each other shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: because after every open mic, everybody's hanging out, like having a few beers and chill. Like that's just part of that community. It's like, we all hang out we all like watching each other do comedy. but we also love giving each other shit after shows. Yeah, yeah
1: it's 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 some of the best stuff, man. It's some, it's some of the best stuff. Um, I've seen, I've experienced it when I've been around more famous comics, mm-hmm. and uh, I've seen more famous comics talk about it. About there's a um, a brotherhood of some sort of, of comedy, and that's one of the things. I mean. I mean, if anybody has siblings, if you're listening to this and you have siblings, you you razz your siblings in a way that other people probably can't get away with, and and yep. or, or if somebody else said it wouldn't be funny, it'd be it'd probably be probably start a fight. It's the same thing with comics. Like we 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 just we talk shit about each other.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah, it's fun. I uh I can't I can't think of the comics name right now, but uh I know the first time I did a joke that got no like comics have milestones, things happen. Yeah. The first time I did a joke that got an ovation. Mm-hmm. um it was a joke about donuts or something uh, <laughs> just and, okay <laughs> and i felt like i felt like the top of the world because it was the first time i did it and fucking comics stopped it was a, i had an open mic and i got i got an applause at a fucking open mic which is the comics I'd don't give of. a shit about yeah comics don't give a shit about other comics and the comics stop writing in their books and side conversations like oh shit this is a really funny pit right so i'm walking <laughs> as this is happening the people are cheering. I am walking to the back of the room. I am feeling like the fucking king. And I uh, got. I wish I could remember the comic's names. So it would make it a little bit better story. But uh, as a, a comic looks at me, goes, "Ah, oh, I'm Excel. I'm a fat guy. Who likes donuts. Real original, bro." And just walks away. <laughs> just literally, like just kicked the chair from fucking under me, man. I was, I literally like went from. Thinking I just rocked it, just like oh yeah, that's probably a really common fucking. I didn't really. God damn it.
0: (laughs) There's an element in comedy, like, and we mentioned it with like a first timer going up, but there are comics that are just toxic and like want you to fail, and like when you're better than them, they take it personally. It's like no, you don't gotta take that shit personally because like we're own individuals.
1: Yeah. I I like I like when. I like when comics, especially if somebody I have somehow fixed my head to think that I'm quote unquote better than, because it's all it's subjective as fuck. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but if somebody who I think I have better whatever skills than is successful, I don't get jealous. It actually gets me kind of fired up because then I, I figure out, hey man, uh, if what I think about myself is accurate, then that means there's opportunity out there for me. I just got to find my lane. Exactly. You know what I'm saying, and, that, and that's how I felt about it all all the time. Like I haven't, uh, when I started out, I was a hundred percent convinced that I was going to be fucking Patrice O'Neill uh, in like <laughs> year one or two. I thought I, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to own, but I was pretty fucking obnoxious about it because I was older than everybody, and I was like, "Look, I'm already funny, so you yeah. know, where's Hollywood? <laughs> They're coming knocking." And and, uh, and I've had I've, I've had I've had some opportunities and stuff uh uh they they not not coming knocking is kind of strong i'd say they yelled yell down the block like hey you want to do something <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i want to do something. okay be here at six all right cool you know that type of shit not it's not not like they're beating down my door <laughs> but um but uh yeah yeah it's 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 been a journey it's been fun but yeah when i started out I, I thought i was the greatest thing to fucking ever touch chicago comedy
0: that that's um, every every comedian's like first like year. It's like I'm the best. I'm bombing, but I'm the best. No one's yeah,
1: be. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all of these thoughts are completely original. I've I've had i I've had so many instances of uh getting having a reality check that uh not that I'm not great, but that just like, hey man, yeah, that was a funny thing you thought of, but it's not you're like somebody else had that idea too, or yeah. something similar or I, I opened for a guy at the improv once that I had mm-hmm. never heard of. And uh at the time I had a bit about being in a gym, like a locker room bit about all this just weird shit that happens in the locker room. And so after I got the gig, I Googled the guy and I was like watched a YouTube clip of him. And he had a verbatim fucking bit. It sounded like my bit. Exactly. I'd never heard of this dude, never seen him, mm-hmm. had never heard of him. He'd been in comedy for twenty years. The guy had never heard of me. There's no way he stole my bit. I'd been doing it at fucking open mics, like like, yeah, like yeah. I I hadn't even put it I hadn't put it online. I wasn't in a position at the time where anybody would ever have seen it. Uh, and plus, I think the video clip I saw was like from three years before I even started comedy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So he thought like, there's
1: no way, like I if anything, I stole from him, but I'd never heard of him before. Yeah. Um. And that, like, I was just—I uh, can't remember—a uh, famous comic was talking about how uh, if you give a room full of comics the same topic and the same like time frame, uh, you got ten comics. Eight of them are going to come up with the exact same joke. Oh yeah. And the ninth one's going to have a pre of just a slight different variation, and maybe the tenth one's going to have like something completely different. But everybody's going to come up with the same thing because. We're all working under the same circumstances, and mm. you know whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how I'm. How I'm rambling on this. Ask me it's another fine. question. I'm. I'm going. I'm talking too much.
0: This this whole show <laughs> is just rambling. But, oh, but okay. You're, but you're hitting on the idea of parallel thought, which like I remember there was like four of us that had the same joke about labyrinth, essentially a movie from the '80s, <laughs> and I got so mad because mine was first, and I told those three other comics like labyrinth is my territory and it's just like i'm the <laughs> dickhead here anybody can write a joke about that movie like yeah no yeah yeah no one's trying to steal my shitty bit because i wasn't that great of a comic on my own
1: i know? disagree about that you you always uh self-deprecating about your comedy man i really loved your characters
0: that's different uh, the character work is completely different than like me as a stand-up comic
1: okay okay uh yeah some people see that way, man. I, I, uh, if you get up there by yourself and you make people laugh, I don't give a fuck how you do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like if, if if people enjoy it, if people walk away and they had a good experience and they enjoyed seeing you, like there's a lot of, uh, people, there's a lot of quote unquote comedy rules and shit or, or ideas. I am very liberal with that. Um, I only have two rules in comedy: be funny. Number one, be funny. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't steal. That's it. Yep. Everything else is negotiable, as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, I'm not trying to take your ownership of what you want to call what you do away, <laughs> but I enjoy watching you get on stage, whatever you're doing. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, and I think I'm a pretty funny dude. So, I think you're pretty funny too.
0: Thank you. I, I mean, like, I would go to people would get mad because I'd go to an open mic and I'd sign up as like six different characters, <laughs> and. They're like, why does Matt get to go up so much? And everybody's like, because he's gonna do six really good sets, and maybe one bad set is himself. <laughs> <laughs> the audience will never know it's the same guy because I had wigs and shit.
1: That shit was good. that, that hey man. But uh, yeah. yeah, that kind of creativity, yeah. And like I said, you you be you be uh so the self-deprecating, I get it, you're a humble man, but you you you're a funny motherfucker. Don't don't uh I don't let you. nobody tell you different.
0: No, no one's told me different because I'm not around in comedy anymore.
1: Ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to I, I do want to ask you because you came into the suburban comedy scene when it was first becoming a thing. There was like there was Pub Two Two Two, I think comedy under the tap out in Oswego. Yep. And then uh, there was an open mic in Aurora. You're coming into this scene new. You're coming into this scene as one of probably two black comedians. <laughs> it's it was you and Chris Browder. That was like yeah was yeah. It. Did you did you feel ever like did you feel comfortable coming into that scene because you're performing to white audiences that may not relate to you in the same like bits you're doing because black audiences or white audiences are two very different things.
1: So I had uh, a unique. Um, I almost feel like I went to like uh, a stand up comedy college mm-hmm. before I actually started doing stand up comedy because. I did direct sales, face-to-face sales. I'd, I'd, I'd walk in and do a presentation in front of a group of people or one-on-one and my whole thing in my sales was, I was funny. I'd yeah. make the people laugh a few times because as I noticed if you make somebody laugh, they like you, if they like you, they'll listen to you. If they listen to you, bam, I got you, bitch, you buying something, yeah. you know? And, and, um, and I was pretty good at it. I was, I was, I was really, really good at it. I, I did, I did very, very well, um. And so I kind of just apply like the same shit to to uh, to stand up, but it was um uh, wait, what did you ask me originally? Well you... oh about being black. Oh I was <laughs> I was used to I was used to talking to <laughs> this is gonna be great, great thing, guys.
0: Hey, yeah, I'm back, I'm back. What'd you ask me? Oh about yeah, being yeah, yeah,
1: black. yeah. That was weed, That was weed. I was smoking. I, I'd go to the gym and i anyway. Be- anyway, uh, being black, I was used to talking to like old white people, like yeah. uh, like big audiences. Because uh, sometimes I had to do, pre- I had to do a presentation for the. Uh, I think she was senior vice president of AT and T for like the Midwest region. Like she ran five states for mm-hmm. AT and do presentations in front of her and a, a board of executive men who all secretly hated her because she was their boss yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, and shit like that way years before I ever tried to stand on stage so I kind of knew how to talk to suburban audiences better honestly than I it, it was harder for me to learn how to work in black rooms mm-hmm. than it was to work in white rooms because white rooms give you an opportunity to tell a story. Uh, and they'll they'll ride with you even if it's not funny right away they want they want to hear well what the fuck's gonna happen you yeah, know exactly and a black and a black room is like get to the point motherfucker you know <laughs> like and i uh i learned that I, yeah i learned that quickly uh um so that um so yeah yeah the separate so starting in the suburbs i'm a suburban kid i'm from aurora um I I was where I worked in sales. Uh I went to a small Catholic college in Indiana. I was around white people. I was making white people laugh. Well, you don't get to be a giant dude like me. And uh you either have to be an amazing athlete or funny, or they yep, don't let yep, you live as long. You can't be mean. If I don't make when I when I'm not like smiling or laughing, I look very dangerous. I like my I have resting like I'll fuck you up face.
0: Yeah. Oh, I and, <laughs>
1: Um, so I'm often like trying to be funny or laugh because I scare people. And I'm not even trying to like be self-deprecating. I'm a, like, you're listening since you don't know this. I'm six, seven and a whole bunch of pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm not going to say my exact weight cause I'm working out and I'm losing weight. So I don't know my exact weight, but I'm a heavy boy, but I'm a big, I'm a big, big man. I'm, let's put it like this. Uh, there's a player named big cat Johnson that used to play for the bears. Yep, and at one yep. time, big cat was the largest player in the NFL. And Big Cat called me Big Man once. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> he looked at me and goes, "Hey, what's up, Big Man?" Damn, and I was like, I literally walked away from that conversation so sad. <laughs> I was like, that did like it should do something for your ego and make me feel bad. And I was like, he gets paid twenty million dollars a year, and I do open mics in Sheboygan.
0: Wait, wait, when I was running a OK comedy out in St. Charles, they I didn't know that like venues when you're running a show should pay you actual money if you're bringing people in. Cause I was naive. So they paid us in like four drink tickets. And so like every Monday night that we'd run that show, I'm like, I'm getting four beers for a total of, you know, $12 to run this yeah. show where we're packing a house. Yeah. You know, bringing them money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, that's, <laughs> that's the toughest part about comedy, man. um uh, there's everything. It, it, that's one of the weirdest part about America and, and comedy, um, and showcases it and exposes us to it is that America is all about business, go out, and make money, do it for yourself, you have the freedom to do stuff. But nothing in our life teaches us to do that except for like going to do that. Or if you have parents or something that are, are business owners, you might have an opportunity to do that. But, but most people are not prepared for. I, the number of people who have started open mics or shows and' were getting screwed by the bar mm-hmm. and they were packing the place is legendary <laughs> it's yes. like every every comic has that story um and it's not you have to be a wizard but hey man if you're bringing if they're making if somebody's making money you should be too exactly that's the short of it if somebody else is making money, and you're the reason why there people are there because people are there to laugh at what you guys are doing. There should be some kind of conversation and it shouldn't just be uh beer.
0: Exactly. But when you're when I was running a show, I was maybe 30. But you're young and yeah. naive, and you don't know that, you don't understand that. All you see is like, I want to put together a good show, have good comics, get people in the door. And then when you leave that venue, you're like, I should have made money off of this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you don't think about it until like you start looking back and you're like. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> there, I I there, I used to be I had a crew called uh, the Delinquents of Comedy and we did uh VFWs all over like uh mm-hmm. central and southern Illinois and Indiana, right? Uh northwest Indiana, central Indiana, south. And um we had one venue. We when we first started, we were super excited that somebody was willing to give us it was, it was five comics and they were willing to give us $600. So we made like a, a, a tad bit over a hundred bucks each, right? Yeah. And we we were excited about that. We get to the place and it's a fucking 300 seat room mm-hmm. that they charge 20 bucks for the show mm-hmm. and it's packed and they're charging drink tickets. They're charged. you have people had to buy drink tickets at the back and they're charging for booze. And we're all just sitting there looking at this and realize, Oh, we just got fucking hosed.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: we, it was our it was our fault. We were happy to get the fucking 600. Yeah. <laughs> Until we realized like we started doing the math just from like the back of the stage just looking at the audience like, "Hey, wait a minute. They just, they made at least 6 grand on top of whatever they're fucking making at the bar. And we yeah. got paid 600? What the fuck?" You yeah. know.
0: That's just that's just how that system works. I remember like we would charge people $5 of the door to come to like, not our open mics, but our showcases. And the number one thing was like, we got to get the headliner paid. It usually got someone coming out from Chicago and you're paying them 25 bucks, which sucks. Cause that's not worth their time, but that's all you can afford, yeah. you know, because we want to pay all the comics and then we want to make a little bit of money too, which was usually like $10. It was nothing. The only yeah. rule was like, we can't get paid more than the headliner, you know? So It's a weird economy, like just comedy in general, because I don't know, most of the time you're just dumb about it and you don't understand how it works.
1: You know, uh, I just – I'll be honest with you, and I have a background in business, um, but I just uh, kind of figured it out in year 11, 12. I've been doing comedy for 13 years, but year 11, 12, uh, how to really – I, I knew how to run a showcase. I knew how to book comedy. I knew how to get a venue and stuff, but, uh, knowing exactly how to book a venue, not just picking a place. Cause it looked like, uh, Oh, this place will be good for comedy. Cause every exactly. fucking every room I walk into, I think looks good for comedy. Exactly. <laughs> but like, okay, Hey, is this place going to be a partner? Uh, uh are they going to be actively involved or are they just going to expect you to do everything? Um, can you get people to come to this place? And, you know, Uh, pick, you know, I also just little stuff like picking an off night, finding out what their weakest night is, and then working really hard to bring anybody in their weakest night. If they have a a night that they only get like 20 customers and you bring in another 20, even though it's just 20 people, that's not a super successful show. I mean, depending on how big the room is, but, uh, uh, that place is going to be fucking excited. You just doubled the number of people they got. And then you work from a position of strength in negotiating. I didn't I'd never I just that just wasn't what I'd done before and it never occurred to me even to pres to, to to you know operate like that until I started talking to a couple of my DJ buddies and they were like oh yeah no this is how you do a room. <laughs> no, it yeah. wasn't comics, it was DJs that were like, no man, no you do this, you do this, this is what we do, and then you promote the fuck out of it and then you know you get the profit. Um so yeah, like stuff like that. You know who's great? Danny Callis. Um, yeah
0: yeah he's actually danny come up Callis. on the show a lot
1: <laughs> he should danny should be like a professor at second city but not to, i mean he's funny he's a very 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 funny comic but uh he shouldn't teach comedy he should teach comedy business the whole yeah. see uh, i would give all the credit to callus but kill gallon callus um huh?
0: uh derosa,
1: DeRosa yeah, marty marty yeah, all the OGs, all the guys who who started it and the people who continued it. Uh, I'm not going to talk their business, but uh, I know some stuff. Uh, I oh, let me say, the comedy rumor mill has said some things about the financials of comedy comedians. You should know which uh, Danny helped create and found, um, and they do quite well. Oh yeah, but they got they also. You know, the backstory of them is uh that that that's a whole that's a there's a documentary about a value in in the story of comedians you should know. Uh they got screwed. The first two venues that they worked at fucked them over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I even saw a comedy venue that used to be in the suburbs of Aurora that had a comedians you should know show that mm-hmm. they couldn't make work. Uh and it was the only successful show they had at the venue, and they couldn't, they still couldn't make it work because they were determined to to close
0: their business. Yeah. Uh, they, so, you know, you had big names coming out of there too. Like DeRosa worked within wrestling and podcasting. I mean, Drew Michael was on, I think yeah. still doing like SNL. I think and, he's,
1: I think he, and I also think he runs the New York, uh they have a New York show. They have a New York yeah. and LA show too.
0: I mean, that just blew I, up out of Chicago because no one paid attention to Chicago comedy it was LA or New York. But in Chicago, you had like tons of people coming up. The
1: funny thing about Chicago comedy, I refer to it, I say this all the time. Uh it's a baseball reference. I call it the Dominican Republic of Comedy. Um <laughs> uh you go to get you go to the major league, that's that's the East West Coast, you go to LA or New York, but um you learn the game here.
0: Yeah,
1: you learn how to play here, you learn how to be funny, you learn how to be original, you learn how to, to uh grind here. Uh and I think it's the um my first time in Los Angeles, I was at the comedy store and I was waiting to go up and a couple of famous comics, Bobby Lee and Steve Ranazenzi or ranazinzi however you say his name, the, yeah. the guy who lied about nine yep. eleven. <laughs> the guy from the league. <laughs> the League. I know I love that show. He's a very funny guy. Uh I know, but uh, anyway. He they came in a room, green room at the at the green room in, in the belly room of of the comic store is kind of large, it's like a, it's almost like a little small tiny apartment. And there's maybe 15 comics hanging out on all the couches, having conversations. And me and Patrick Newson, another uh, yep. t- suburban Chicago comic, are on the couch, and we watched them destroy 12 of the 15 comics in the room. But they they talk, they rip about everybody, but us. they literally just going through the room, just like, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Why are you still here? And they get to us and they don't know us. I'm like, who the fuck are you guys? Where are you guys? And we are, we're from Chicago. And they immediately just go, oh, oh, you guys are real comics. You guys are cool. And then they just go back <laughs> to start destroying the other guys. And we 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 sit there loud and we, after what they are done, you know, we, hey, we're going to take the compliment. We're going to take the win. But we just want to know Why? do you think we're real comics? You've never seen us before. And he goes, watch this. Uh, he goes, wait, he goes, let me ask you something. Why do you do comic? Why do you do stand-up? He goes, because I want to be a stand-up. He goes, exactly. Watch this. And he turns around, he just picks somebody random. He goes, hey, why'd you start doing stand-up? And they're like, oh, well, my agent, I'm an actor, and I do dance, <laughs> and my agent thought, and blah, blah. And he did this like two or three times with other people in the room. And it was, it was a bunch of fucking L.A. people who comedy was like part of what they were adding to a re- uh, entertainment resume, which I'm not sh- shitting on is what they do, but they weren't stand-ups. They were doing stand-up because stand-up was a way to be on a stage and be seen in LA and an opportunity that somebody might, you know, oh, that person's cute and they're funny. Yeah, let, me, yeah. let me put them in my sitcom type shit. Yeah. I, the, the point of that story is, even comics not from Chicago, I don't know if Bobby Lee or Stephen and Zinzi even have a background in Chicago comedy, but they know Chicago comedy as a place where, oh, if you're from Chicago, you do comedy, you give a fuck about being a stand up, and that's pretty much it. If you yeah, get something yeah. else because of it, yay, but you got in it to tell jokes.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you think about like the grind doing open mics and stuff, it doesn't really exist in the suburbs because there's not enough open mics, but. Yeah. You know, you'd spend like one night going to Chicago hitting up four open mics like you're working your ass off to be good at stand up comedy. Yeah. Again, suburbs <laughs> just just one a week or one a one <laughs> a
1: night. Yeah, one a night uh and it's the same. I the, the thing I lament and it's been like this in the suburbs. Uh th- there's there are some very very talented guys coming out of suburbs. There's a dude named Lucas I can't think of Lucas's last name, but he's uh he's Italian kid, tall, handsome dude, fucking funny as hell. He's in New York now. He's crushing it. He was a, a suburban comic that uh that actually went into the city and like, you know, did the grind and stuff. Uh Peyton Ruddy, uh little chubby dude, looks like he's like gonna be like like he looks like um what's what's the dude from uh King of King of New York? Not king of New York, King of uh the the uh the Pete the Davidson di- movie? No, no, the the fat sitcom um dude. <laughs> no idea. Oh, he was uh Paul uh Paul Blart.
0: Oh, 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 uh oh god, James, Kevin James.
1: Kevin James came was in the show called King of Something? King of Queens.
0: King of Queens, there you go.
1: King of Queens. I know it was King of Something. Yeah, yeah, Peyton Ruddy is 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 a Kevin James type, uh, but he's funnier. He's he's like he's like Kevin James if Kevin James was dark. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying they're coming out of they're out of the suburban scene. So there's a lot of talent in the suburban scene like that. But there's also uh unfortunately guys in the suburban scene who just they're doing the same fucking jokes that I saw them doing like three years ago. And it's like, hey man, that, that material is funny. It'd be cool if other people heard it too. Exactly. Be pretty cool, you know, or I, I, if you went somewhere else with it.
0: I mean, but the that that was the problem with the scene too, is that you've got those same guys that are trying to do that grind for three or four years, but they never write new material. They're never playing to more than the same open mic audience. They're never doing showcases. So you're just kind of stuck in this loop of just never evolving, never becoming better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am still a part of the suburban scene. So I'm not like trying to shit on anybody for like not launching out, uh, but I think most people would would say that I, I try to keep it a little bit fresh. I I pull I, I pull out I pull out, the, I pull out I pull out the old guns for the road because you know those people they don't I've know never it heard. they don't know shit. But uh, if you see me in the suburbs doing material, any place that I'm a, I'm at regularly, uh, I usually try to keep it fresh because I know a lot of those places have re- repeat audiences. Still not Friday, like I'm a still not Friday Thursday this Thursday night, um, the 14th. It's all. It's gonna be all new set because I'm there. Yeah. I'm there three times a year, and they have the same fucking audience. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like the thirty to forty percent of the audience. I repeat, you know, people, which is awesome for them. Great, great for them. Great, they have a consistent, that loyalty, and so. But as a comic, you know, I, I don't want to do the same set for for no half through and half the room knows it.
0: I was going to go to that show. I was I was very very close to going. <laughs>
1: and now you're performing. Get the fuck out of here no no.
0: my friend my friend Sarah Clancy's driving down from Milwaukee she was on this show or this podcast a few weeks back I was like I really we haven't seen each other in a long time like I'd love to come out and then I had a dream that I had a seizure at a comedy uh show and I'm like "Uh uh-uh not going yeah (laughs) I'm not superstitious I don't believe in any of that but I'm like that's my brain telling me like just stay home in your comfort zone for that for that night
1: have you, ever, uh, have you ever read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Bent Blink? No. I'm not going to get into the whole, just, uh, the the because you said the not superstitious part. Uh, there is science that suggests that what your reaction is wholly legitimate and not any kind of superstitious hokey, hocus pocus, that you are 100% accurate, that your subliminal conscious may have been just saying maybe pass on that.
0: Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just saying, take it easy, you know? Like- yeah, but
1: it, it's also, uh, I'm not trying to summarize the book Blink, but the, the 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 gist of it is our brains take in a vast amount of information that we are not processing. Uh, our brains process what we need for the moment of what we're doing. Uh, and that's what's in our conscious and what we uh, are fully aware of. but there's all kinds, t- there's like little noises, ticks, things that you don't see or are in your peripheral that you can see but you're not focusing on, your brain is still taking in all that data like a yeah. camera. and uh so when something comes up that for whatever reason, it triggers uh something familiar in your subconscious of, hey, this scenario plus this scenario, for this scenario is going to end to something that you don't want to do because yep. of all this data that you weren't paying attention to. And that's when you get that weird fucking thing. Yep. That's, that's, that's kind of the, I'm Malcolm Gladwell. If you ever listen to this podcast and you like, that's not at all what I was trying to say, I apologize. Uh, it's been a while since read rich book and I'm bad at summarizing other people's shit, but that's what <laughs> I think it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, cause you know, like I got laid off this year and then I started having seizure after seizure after seizure. They put me on new meds. I can't drive until sometime next year. Oh, so wow. Like, I can't drink anymore, which is giving up. Drinking was easy. I can't smoke weed anymore. That was a little bit tougher. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Like, but being that Aurora isn't that far away from where I live, but it's like a 35 minute drive for me. 30 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't be that far away from home without my wife making sure that I'm cool. Yeah. You know? So it's like, that's where I'm standoffish about it. Like I'm going, you know, to hang out with friends during the week, but they live two miles away. Worst comes to worst. Someone drives me home, you know, yeah. but Aurora, who's going to want to drive to St. Charles from Aurora. That's like, that's a, that's out of the way for everyone. And also,
1: actually. Who's,
0: nope.
1: <laughs> actually. Oh, well, I'm not saying me. I'm trying to think I'm going I want to say it on the podcast, but when we, are when we're done, uh, if you're really interested, I think there's somebody coming from your way. On the list of people performing that night, I think there's somebody coming from the Saint Charles area. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'll show you who's all performing. I think somebody's coming from that way. I mean, if you really wanted to have like a, a, a co-pilot,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, there there is. Uh, if you remember Eric Young Love from like uh, Com or Comedy Shrine, uh, he yeah. lives a block away. You you were like two blocks away from me for a long time, if I remember correctly,
1: and we never uh, saw each I, other. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, I wasn't living there. I was just spending a lot of time there. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying.
0: Right. Literally, I could probably open my blinds right now and see the house you were at, I believe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was, uh, I can't, I don't remember why.
0: I I I know why, but we're just not going to bring it up. It's nothing illegal or anything. It's just like, let's not rehash that shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got you.
1: I, I, never mind
0: we'll talk later. It. yeah that's something else <laughs> Okay. Uh, talk to me about what you're doing now aside from stand-up comedy you're you're venturing into the world of youtube
1: yeah man uh i started an animation a, a show animated show uh which is now currently america's number one black animated fake news show um
0: uh, <laughs> are there is there another one
1: I, 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 bet I don't have that data, but uh, <laughs> as far as I know, we are the number one. I think I do think we are the only one uh, that fits that specific criteria. And if we're not, then I will also add Out of Chicago. Uh, oh, out it. of Chicago land, because I pretty certain. I feel pretty certain about that. Um, yeah, it's an animated show. It's called What Had Happened News, and uh, I am not an animator. Uh, I'm not a person who draws or even, like technically knew how to do any kind of editing stuff really before I started doing this. Uh, And if you watch the show, you will literally, if you go to the early episodes, episode one, and just watch your way through, you'll literally watch me learn how to do all this shit as it goes. Like, you'll see the the show improve, the graphics and stuff improve as I just kind of put it around and go, oh, this doesn't have to look like that. (laughs) Um um and it's it's basically kind of uh my take on the classic snl weekend update slash uh daily show type thing lampooning the news uh i do take some some stuff that i actually believe i do say some stuff I actually believe but also still even when i'm talking about stuff i actually believe i try to say it in a way that keeps it light or funny or brings it back to comedy and it's fun it's fun i started doing it during the strike Uh, because Colbert, um, Colbert and all the guys who usually, you know, roast, uh, politicians and whatever's happening in the news, they were all, they were all on strike. They, they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, um, something had, oh, the Alabama boat ball. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, the Alabama broke ball happened. And I thought to myself. It really sucks Colbert and those guys aren't on the air. They would have had a great time with this. Mm-hmm. And then a second voice in my head is like, "Hey, doofus, you're a fucking comic too. Why don't you do something?" And that's how the show started.
0: Exactly. And and you're mentioning like essentially the show finding its own voice, and it, that that's typical for every single show. Like this show didn't find its voice till episode five. The show I'm working on as a producer, which I think has launched. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> like because this episode isn't airing for like a month that we're we're doing now oh, okay <laughs> okay
1: that makes sense i was like i was like bro uh, what, what, how are you producing but like, i get it yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. still
0: trying to figure out like production schedule we have a bunch of episodes recorded but like that show doesn't find its voice till episode three because like the pilot is just the idea you have that first episode but you really don't understand how that works until you've been working on it for hours upon hours you know, like yeah. this show's gonna change right here within three episodes. You know, like you're just trying to find that voice. Yeah. So hopefully you found that voice. I mean, you're you're quite a few episodes in. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's I think 104, 105 uh, clips up total. I'm on episode 69. Nice. The next one I release will be episode 69. Yeah. Very nice. Um. Uh. But uh. Uh, yeah but there's a lot of sh- I put up a lot of shorts and stuff because that's a new thing with YouTube yeah uh and so I'm just you know trying to play the algorithm algorithm game and uh jump on whatever they think whatever they want to make cool now but uh yeah I, I do believe the show's kind of found uh its voice uh I tried having a writing staff I still want to have a writing team it is uh hard to have a writing team because Basically, it's mostly on me. I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm blaming the guys who helped write for the show. Uh, KB Marion, uh, Rob Hines, Bobby Hill, Jeff Hall, all worked very, very hard and did really, really great work on the show. The difficulty was me because I was not doing showrunner shit. Like, showrunner, I should have the day before, at least, or a week before, you know, we were doing the news, so you only have so much time, but they should have had assignments and known, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, this is what we're talking about tomorrow and things like that. I was literally like nine o'clock in the morning. Hey, I saw this on TikTok. Anybody got yeah. jokes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and so like they would they would try to you know do stuff, but it was kind of unfair to them because all of them have other you know shit that they're doing. This was my baby, so I kind of I started. So that's again, if you watch the show. I started out solo. Then there's a whole news team. And then it just goes to me solo. The news team is still part of the team. All those people I just named still like send me stuff every now and then. And they're going to be back um, more next year because of the election and shit. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, but right now it's just basically me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I, I've been watching it's you yelling about, not yelling about TikTok, watching a TikTok and just really solid commentary on it. <laughs>
1: It's fun. My favorite episode so far, and it's one of the uh, uh, most interacted with uh, on all the platforms. Is uh, there was a a robbery in the, in Chicago uh, that got captured on film, and it was like one of those things. Like, oh, look, this is the violence in Chicago, right? <laughs> and if you watch the robbery, it's it, like it's like, are you filming this for Chicago uh, PD or something like that? It was the it was such clearly such a fucking staged operation. Like, mm-hmm. I it, there were parts of it, like I kept watching it because of the editing. Uh, I just kept finding new shit. <laughs> so if you, if you watch the episode, there's kind of points where it looks like I might have gotten like newly excited. And it's literally because I was just like, like the, for instance, in the video, the car is parked with the lights out and they just turn the lights on and pull off from a parked position and ride right through the intersection and perfectly time meet this woman walking up to intersection. It was like, it was yeah, literally yeah. like somebody said action. And it was like perfectly timed, was like, so they were waiting for this one particular random woman to yeah. walk across the street, what the, <laughs> you know? And, and I don't mean to sound like I know like I I know criminals, but this, this didn't take, you didn't have to be fucking Sherlock Holmes to look yeah. at this. It was a problematic with this. Uh, how this
0: robbery went yeah i mean like i lived in chicago for a few years before i met you early 2000s to mid 2000s and like i remember watching the news like chicago's on fire and i'm like dude i've lived here for years like i got held up once and i told the guy to fuck off and he did <laughs> but, yeah, you know, man. but it's not it's not bad there like the it's not, vast
1: no. majority of chicago is like insanely safe yeah and cool because. The cops basically have an agreement with the motherfuckers who do most of the bad shit. It's basically like, hey, as long as you stay out of these areas, um, you're cool, and oh, oh we're not gonna like bring the hammer of God down on you. It's basically a uh, thing. But if you could, like, I've been downtown where somebody like tried to pull some shit, and cops came after him, and I've seen literally like a swarm. I. I I don't want to put a number on it, but just a massive amount of cops chased like two kids that were snatching purses. Like yeah. way more, like like cops from like an Eddie Murphy movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Action exactly. movie Like, like that's the type of response that happens if you're a downtown Chicago, Gold Coast area, and you snatch a purse. Any place where tourists are gonna be. Yeah. If you're in an area like that and you snatch it just snatch a purse. That's the reaction that happens. So it doesn't happen there. Now, if you get robbed trying to buy drugs on the west side, yeah. <laughs> I you know, oh, you should have known a little bit before you went there and now we brought enough for the drugs. If you brought more <laughs> than drug money, that was on you. <laughs> Wedding yeah, band comes off. Cell phone. I even take the cell phone if I don't have to.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was out in Logan Square before it became like what Logan Square is now. Just Oh yeah. Yeah. You're um, like
1: hookers. Like you could drive down Milwaukee at one point and just and actually see like women working. Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. So you said yeah. you saw that.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, there were definitely streets I knew I couldn't walk down. Like, I couldn't go down Shakespeare. Like, that was the one thing I learned quickly is, like, you just, Shakespeare's not a street for you, man. Just pass it, you know? It's
1: like million-dollar homes on Shakespeare now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I, <laughs> I loved my neighborhood because, like, there was so much good stuff going on there. Like, it was really a nice mixed community. I can get the best Mexican or Puerto Rican food ever in that neighborhood. And then I remember the day uh, before I was moving out, I get off the L and I'd always talked to the guy that ran what I called the hip hop store. He always had a Tweety Bird shirt on, like, and he was just selling Looney Tune shirts.
1: Yeah, with a giant Tweety Bird.
0: The biggest Tweety Bird you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, 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 took
1: up the whole shirt. I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, he always had a milk crate out with a boom box. And I remember he, I was getting off the L at Logan Square stop. I look over him and he's closing the gate for the store. And I'm like, what's going on, man? He's like, white people coming in. I'm like, oh, I got to get out of this neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I was also part of the problem because I was a white person living there.
1: But there's a way to be a part of the neighborhood and not destroy what made the neighborhood. Like, it's happening so many places. I I didn't know why it happened. But are you familiar with, like, Fulton Market area? Yeah, Yeah. Have you been there recently, like in the last couple years? No. Okay, so Fulton Market used to be, for anyone listening, not around from Chicago, it used to be a meatpacking district in Mm -hmm. Chicago, and most of it looked like, at nighttime, looked like where they would shoot Batman scenes. Like, literally there would be smoke coming out of the the sewers and shit and just enough light that you'd see a shadow walking down the street, but you couldn't actually make out the person. That's literally giving you a visual. Dark streets, even even the cobble fucking brick uh, uh, streets, that whole thing. So so picture that. That's what food market was, and it was a bunch of meat packing places, and it had a few speakeasy type clubs here and there that were nice. They were fancy when you got in, but like the outside looked like the fucking meatpacking tech district. That was twenty years ago when I lived there. Uh, it is now full of uh, the hot. Probably it's probably the hottest place in Chicago. Like there's nothing. Uh, apparently, uh, all of the tech companies, Google and Snapchat and uh, I can't remember. There's like three or four other major uh, Internet companies, tech companies that moved to Chicago or have offices in Chicago. I think uh, Amazon. They are all oh, and McDonald's. They're all based in or near that area. And they basically took all the warehouses there and either turned them into high-end condos, business suites, or, like, four- or five-star restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, like, I went to a, I went to a fried, a, literally a fried chicken place. A place that advertised itself as a fried chicken place. I took my son there. He wanted to go there for his birthday. And I was like, okay, fried chicken. He was, like, 14 or something. I was like, yeah, that's probably, this about right. Okay. Uh, it was, like, a $90 tab. For fried chicken for two people and and i know i'm a big guy you probably think you're like what well, how much you ate i ate like we ate regular we we ordered like regular plates we didn't like, get a like, bunch of extra shit it would
0: normally be a seven dollar plate anywhere or six yeah yeah, plate.
1: yeah. And we should it, at most we should have paid 30, 20 30 bucks at any you know regular restaurant maybe less at a fast food place it was like 90 bucks yeah. uh that's 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 what that place is now it went from fucking meat packing district Batman villain uh vibe actually it still has batman villain vibes because it has all the rich people yeah exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah it has all the rich people there just waiting to be robbed it still has the batman villain vibes because uh it still has the same look it's just a bunch of rich people there now.
0: yeah i mean i and I, again i had that same uh, that same problem happen to me when i lived in the south loop like south loop was south loop it's not a bad area like it was fine you know yeah uh i had streetwise down the street that's where they produce streetwise yeah okay uh, I went to they College. Sell the paper. Yeah. It, the, you know, the everybody knows streetwise, like if you're from Chicago. <laughs> um, but I went to school at Columbia. So I was like three blocks from the film department. And okay. I remember like, you know, they started tearing down old buildings or like refurbishing them. I'm like, okay, you know, and I moved away to Logan Square and I come back five years later. It's all like hot Billy's subway, it's yeah. all chain restaurants, it's all high-end towers and stuff, and like. You can't you can't walk to Soldier Field anymore. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. It dude, sucks. to go to
1: Soldier Field, to go to Soldier's Fields now, you have to uh that's like a cardio day for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big dude. You go to a game, even I got you you can take a bus from uh, Reggies that'll drop you off basically at the closest point you can get dropped off at. Yeah. There and uh it's not I don't want to make it sound like I'm exaggerating. It's not, it's not like it's a crazy long walk. But like, if you go there on like, say, a summer day, or I went to I went to the Denver game, the Bears Denver game in October, it was like eighty degrees that day or high seventies that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I walking from the walking from the uh, where you do the uh the uh what do you call it pregame shit anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, you stuff you do pregame. Walking from there to the stadium, walk to the stadium. Everybody was sweating. Not just my giant fat ass. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's sweating like a dog. They they have totally, it's beautiful. It's cool, but it's also like, hey, man, just can I just get to the place where the thing is at?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'd walk down Roosevelt, and then you go under one of the highways, and then you would just be at Soldier Field. And then they changed it, or you had to walk down over the train yard and then get on a bus. You couldn't just walk down there. You had to take, like, a transport bus underneath, like a secret tunnel to get there. And
1: then even when you get to the thing, all the ramps are like this zigzag thing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes like what should be like maybe 15 steps, 45 or, or or more. Like it's it's interesting. But uh yeah, that whole area is beautiful. Uh I I did a show in one of the new luxury towers that they built there, mm-hmm. and it was being around rich people. Uh, always, I always like get surprised at just how like fucking amazing their lives are. Yeah, we did yeah. we did a comedy show on like the 40th floor of this tower. Was, you could see like soldiers. Field. You could almost see into Soldier Field from this fucking place on the 40th floor. They had an entertainment deck. Their entertainment deck was literally just uh the entire floor. Like it was, I think it was four rooms. No, it was three rooms. A uh, three three rooms. One was decked out like just a big. Playroom like uh, pool tables, card tables, bar, all that stuff. Another one was just like a really pimped out like lounge, like you just having a social event, bunch of really cool couches and and beautiful all all Florida of uh, uh, floor to ceiling ceilings. You can see three hundred and sixty view of fucking downtown Chicago, uh, amazing. And that was just one floor. They had multiple floors like that just for recreation. In the building, I can't. I didn't even see what the fucking units look like, but the rec room looked like better than anything that I've ever lived in in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that's how it is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. You know, we've been going for an hour, which I oh wow, uh, it's, yeah, it's talking, been fantastic. Sorry. No, no, that's what this show is. It's just catching up with friends. You know, like we haven't seen each other in a while. I've always enjoyed very nice. you, and I was apparently very nice to you the first time we met. <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm hey man. I'm telling to. I, it's so weird. I think I brought it up because uh, somebody asked me. I think I was putting it in my calendar or something. Somebody asked me about it, and I, was, I started talking about it. I was like, you know, uh, there was the only dude that was nice to me after my first set. You know, I started. I started telling the story, uh, just like maybe even a, like less than a week ago. Uh,
0: so this is the part where I tell you to plug your stuff again. Uh, but but do it. Just plug your stuff again. Just plug it all. What
1: had happened? News. What. W H A T happen H A P P E N E D news. What uh, excuse me, H A D. Sorry, forgot. What had happened news? You gotta put the had happened. Ah, I forgot. What had happened news? Uh it's on YouTube. Uh it's a cartoon of what I look like, uh, sorta. And um yeah, check that out and you can see me on stage anywhere. If you're in the Naperville area and this is done before New Year's, I don't know if it will be. Uh, I'm at Hollywood Palms Casino. Uh, not Casino, Hollywood Palms uh, Cinema. Uh, we are turning into a comedy club for New Year's. And it's going to be dope. We're going to have a DJ, going to have a countdown, uh, some of the dopest comics in Chicago, and my big ass. So it's going to be pretty fun.
0: Hey, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to get on your green screen. And make yourself look nice for a non video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: it was a zoom. I was like, man, I gotta I gotta fucking trim a beard. I look like no, a monster.
0: Not this show. Not at all. Yeah. I don't want anybody yeah, well, seeing me. I I am bald as hell. No well, one's now yeah, it. we're now
1: ready for the open mics tonight. So
0: <laughs> you take care of yourself, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. Hey, thank you, Xavier, for coming on to talk to me after years of not seeing each other. We still kept in contact on occasion, but when you leave comedy, uh, I don't know. You just lose a set of friends, and it's weird and whatnot. Hey, rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us an actual rating and review, I'll just read it on air. Why not? Please subscribe on all the places. i got a Patreon where I do uh, videos and talk about a topic briefly it's called yelling casually that's pretty nice that fits with what I'm trying to do anyways opening music uh, the muggles the song is called gilded age recorded in 2003 released in 2023 on vinyl it features Tom Wanderer singing Angel Parks on bass Will Asher on guitar and me Matt Elfring on drums that hey was me we will see you all next week when we officially kind of kick off what casual yelling is going to be and what it is and there should be video great see you later